And it's been, uh, it's been a heck of a week. Live-ish, for those listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Live and uncut, it's Sunday afternoon, Commander. But but not as funny as Saturday Night Live. No, um, no not nearly. No. Unless you're just laughing at us and we might make par. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. We got some... We got some... Uh, <coughs> Well, at least for me, I feel like today's uh, topics are kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm interested to see what you chose, as I also chose, and we're doing, for our 10th episode, our top 10 favorite commanders. Yeah. Each. And Which, uh... We're going off of our favorites, not necessarily, like, power levels and stuff, just our favorites overall. I think. Yeah, that's a uh, that's what I did. Okay, good. <laughs> if I if I did favorite parallels, it'd just be me talking about uh, like the three years I played CDH. It would be not interesting <laughs> for our fan base at all. Nope, I'd be talking about like two band commanders and two band strategies and and yep. <laughs> and nowhere on that list would be Thoracle, uh, ever, because yeah. boring. Nah, I, I don't know. I just couldn't imagine spending that much money on a CDH deck and then playing Thoracle. You know, I was kind of thinking the same thing, and then I was looking at it like when I was con- conspiring my my new CDH deck, and also realizing that this weekend is the big Marchesa tournament, um, and I'm just like, wow, so many people showed up to that how many of them were actually playing something different? Yeah. <laughs> like, how many people, How many times were you going into a match and you were just going against, like, either Krakashima or something blue-black? Yeah, like, yeah, no. Ugh. Hmm. Krakashima's so... would be so much more fun if it didn't take so long to play out. And it's like, ugh. Yeah. That's the hard part about it. It's 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 a cool thing, but it takes so long to thaw. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those things where the first time you see it, it's like, oh shit, this is so wild, and then you see it again, you're like, Jesus, please put me down now. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, I'm I'm imagining this person is probably going to be playing it better than the last one, so it might go faster. But no, no. There's, there's just more stuff happening, and it's taking longer. And yeah. it's like, uh-huh. Because so much of the time taking in the deck doesn't really have to deal with, uh, what's it called? Playing. The player. It has to deal with flipping a coin. Or, or rolling dice and calling odds and evens. Yeah. Or rolling, like, 15 fucking dice and trying to count them and do a ratio math. Like, what? <laughs> Why? Why would you do this? <clears throat> You know, I'm glad we discussed this, because this reminded me of a card I forgot to add to my top ten list. Um, <laughs> I think the only reason I forgot to add it was I haven't played him in so long, for the very reason we're talking about right now. Is it takes fucking forever. Alright, so then I guess we can do this, uh, since you're adding one to. Yeah. Who got who got cut? Who's your honorable mention that just got cut? Um, my honorable mention was Kefis, King's Hand. Um, let me pull up his picture, because I just removed him. 
Yeah, that's right. We're getting right into the content now. Topics have the good. Or the hidden hand. So he's uh, white, black, green for a legendary creature, Elf Advisor. Legendary spells you cast cost one less to cast. Exile two legendary <coughs> cards from your graveyard. Until end of turn, each legendary card in your graveyard gains. You may play this card from your graveyard. I He's just so cool. I mean, uh, you can make Hell of the Host copies of them to make your legendaries cost less and activate... Um, Actually, his ability more time doesn't matter. But being able to cast legendaries from your graveyard anytime is huge. Um, I played Sisse for a while. Um, then Dox Engine got banned, right? But uh, so I kind of took out uh, Sisse's stuff, kept the legendary pile, put in some of my favorite black legendaries, which is a lot of cards, because black has a surprisingly cool amount of legendaries. Mm-hmm. It kind of built this weird. It wasn't really Reanimator, it was more of just Ramp Pile with Kethis. And then using his ability. Um, if you want to build him, um, I'd recommend Vidalkin Ori and Yeva Nature's Claw, Claw I think it is. Uh, the two green green uh, green creatures spells that flash. Because flash with this guy is huge. Um, it, especially since the channel lands you can now play. You won't be able to channel them from your graveyard, but you can channel them, and then they're in your graveyard, and then you can exile them to activate his ability. Because it says legendary cards, not uh, legendary Ooh, creatures. Just creatures. Yeah. Interesting. So he's super cool. Um, there, that's a, there's a lot of recruits in there. Yeah. And the cards you play back play back can also be legendary creature uh, legendary cards. So you can recast the legendary spells from uh, the Amenaria 2016. Um, you can cast legendary artifacts and stuff. Um, so yeah, all in all, I think it's a pretty cool uh, commander. Not something we see much of. Um, and I, th- I don't even remember why I took him apart. I currently don't have him built. I think it's just because I needed the uh, lands for his deck to build uh, one of my several reanimator decks. But yeah, I would recommend, especially if you're a Sisse player, maybe branching out. He's a little less powerful than Sisse overall, um, but he's definitely really fun. And he's different enough to where it doesn't just feel like you're nerfing yourself. It feels like you've chosen a new play style. But yeah. Yeah, legendary reanimator. Why am I not surprised? (laughs) (laughs) Do you have an honorable mention, Josh? (laughs) Uh, My honorable mention is actually going to be Saison. Yeah. Uh, perver- perverter of truth and it's just he's an interesting spirit from Kamigawa um, let me just pull it up just so I can say his abilities correctly he's, he's 3 for 3 and 2 black for a 6-5 uh, legendary demon spirit and at the beginning of each player's upkeep that player draws 2 cards and loses 2 life that's it. That's all he does. <coughs> and I say that's all he does, but it, he makes them draw cards during their draw step. So it's, <coughs> it's interesting. Because you can trigger all kinds of weird things during the upkeep, like uh, mind crank, or just every time they draw cards, you know, you just play out that, or you can just play a group hug. And yeah. know, just, just let them draw cards. And not use his ability for anything else, but yeah. 
Yeah, I think he's super interesting. I like that he fills up their hand for discard synergies with, like, Waste Knot and everything. Uh, I haven't played this guy for a while since I got into Matt for Commander. I think, like, one of my first black decks I put him in. Um, he's also just two damage a turn. <laughs> I mean, it adds up. Uh, especially if you're not playing against decks with uh, life gain shenanigans. Like, obviously, if you're playing against Aloro, it feels pretty bad to stick out a season. But, uh, yeah, I think he's pretty cool. And then the option and he for... also he And also, he hurts you, too. So it's it's very yeah. fair. Yeah, it's like a more fair Nekuzar. Yeah, I, I think he's cool. And then the option to go group hug with him is super rare for mono black, so I think that's pretty interesting. <coughs> yeah. And 6-5 for 5 mana. I don't know. Maybe you run Secret Voltron with Saison. <laughs> <laughs> just put a black blade and a Whisper Silk Cloak on him one turn and just get in there. I would definitely want an equipment that was based on the number of cards in your hand. Yeah. Oh, I forget the name of it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh my god. I run it a lot. Ah. Alright. It's okay. It the, the People know what they're looking for if they try to check, check that out. <laughs> uh, but we can move what we got. Sorry. 20 more commanders to look at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what's your number 10? So, my number 10 was the card you just reminded me to add. Uh, it's from Modern Horizons 2. Um, and it's Yursery, Fortune's Flame. Uh, so, one blue-red for a 2-3 flying legendary creature, Efreed. When he attacks, choose a number between 1 and 5. Flip that many coins. For each one you win, draw a card. For each flip you lose, you, he deals 2 damage to you. And then if you win five flips this way, until end of turn, you can cast spells without paying their mana cost. <laughs> uh, I've seen this guy play. He's, he's very interesting. I've seen yeah. somebody really, really lose a lot of flips, and I kind of giggled. But then I've seen turns where they just so much, many flips, and it was just like, oh god, no, not again. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You can uh so notably where it says if you win five flips this way, you may cast spells from your this turn from your hand without paying the mana cost is the same uh is t attached to his attack ability. So if you double trigger that attack ability and you win two on the first one, three on the second one, you don't get uh the omniscience effect. It needs to be five from one of one trigger of the ability. Um but he's super cool. I like that he has a downside. Uh, there's a couple of ways you can ignore it, because he deals the damage, so if you want to play Witch's Hut or um, any lifesteal equipment, you can. I personally don't. I like to gamble. I went to Vegas to go to college to learn how to run a place to gamble in. I <laughs> am, I like to live on the edge, and I have died to this commander too many times that I would like to admit. I have played games of magic with this commander, where I have dealt upwards of, like, 60 damage to myself for my own Yursri, and it's fucking awesome. Losing the game because you lose five coin flips in a row is almost more satisfying than winning the game because you rolled because you won five coin flips in a row. 
<laughs> Notably, if you don't have uh, the uh, Krark's Thumb, which gives you advantage on your uh, coin flips, you can just roll five dice at once. Or if you choose less than five, like a coward, you can roll four dice at once or something. Um, but yeah, I think this card's super sick. A uh, lot of coin flip synergies in red, uh, red, uh, blue. I almost said red, black. Um, especially with uh, Akum, Eye of Chaos, and Zinder Split, probably two of your best cards for the de well. Zinder Split's really good. Akum's good because he tutors Zinder Split. Um, Tavern Scoundrel's really important. Two treasures whenever you win a flip for the ability to make. Like if you don't get infinite mana off your three, let's say you win four flips, you get eight treasures. <laughs> If you have Tyrant's I mean, Scoundrel, it's pretty play. good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's like Dockside every turn <clears throat> when you attack. So, so just so everyone knows, if you bring one of these coin flip or dice roll commanders to the table, bring yeah. something to flip your coins or roll your dice into. Yeah, because because if if your shit lands on my mat, your ability is resolved. That's it. You're done. Because <laughs> <clears throat> last thing I want is someone putting a George Washington indentation onto one of my cards. So, mind your mind your flips. Mind oh, your rolls. Did I ever tell you what happened to Lance, like, oh, yes. fucking four years ago? Oh, that was yes. awful. The I Hedron think we also died. Talked about, yeah, the Hedron onto his uh, vault. Yeah, it was his own card, though, so. But still, like, yeah. heavy things that <laughs> land from a distance, uh, they can damage people's cards. So, yeah, be careful. Obviously, less of a problem if you're rolling dice, but still, uh, I would recommend using small, light, plastic dice if you do that. And or a dice tray. Yeah, or a dice tray, obviously. I think that's the best one. Because then they don't roll off the table, and you don't have to worry about, oh, no, where'd my dice go? <laughs> Scrambling around the room trying to find it. It's under your chair. I don't want to move. You get it. No, you. Um. <laughs> but yeah. I really like this deck. Um, <clears throat> the amount of D6 rolling I did in this deck might have part of the reason why I got into Warhammer 40k, but all in all, super cool commander, would recommend. <laughs> that point when you roll like 20 D6s and still felt like you did nothing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds like Warhammer. No, you don't do nothing, you hit yourself for 40. <laughs> uh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> and your wallet, and your paint. If you're oh. <laughs> yeah, it's so saddening. Um, but yeah, who do you have for your uh, number? Uh, I guess I should say uh, my list is organized. Um, I, I was... have mine in order, and I'm I'm stating them in the reverse <laughs> order that I wrote them down. Uh, only the only the last one I'm going to mention is actually the one that I feel is in the position that I'm going to say it in. <laughs> but uh, the first one I'm going to talk uh, put on my talk about here for my 10th spot is Arvanox the Mind Flail also known as Mind Flayer the Shadow he's 4 and 3 black he's a legendary enchantment creature horror he was originally spoiled uh, or given out in the secret layer for Stranger Things and he's actually coming out uh, believing supposed to be in Capenna yep and so Arvanox the Mind Flail isn't a creature unless you control three or more permanents you don't own. At the beginning of your end step, you exile the bottom card of each opponent's library face down for as long as those cards remain exiled, you may look at them. 
You may cast Dormant Spells from among them, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. And it's on my list as my favorite commander that lets me play other people's stuff. Yeah. And that's why I like him. Because I've loved Gonti, I loved Nashi, I loved Geth, and Chainer, and... Now I've got Mind Flayer. Mm -hmm. But Mind Flayer lets me do all their stuff. Not getting to pick out of stuff that they've already played and be terrible. But I've, I've, I've only played it twice, but I've already gotten to do some really funny things where I cast, like, so I stole an Infect player's uh, blue spell that, that uh, controls their creature. Oh, and yeah. And makes an Infect. So... I used that spell on their Atraxa. Whee! I was like, okay, let's fucking go! Let's give Atraxa <laughs> another keyword. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. I've yeah. So far, I've completely loved this commander. Yeah, it's a little slow to get out, but you might already have three permanents if you build your deck around just taking stuff, like I did. And when he hits the field. Yeah, so I think he's, he's, a, he's a big boy. No, he's definitely super cool. I think he's probably one of the least feels baddy steal your opponent's stuff. You have to pay for it, right? Which is the Gaunti effect. You know, you have to pay for it so you're not stealing mm -hmm. it for free so it doesn't feel bad. It's on a creature that takes a while to come out. Um, <coughs> and then you take from the bottom of their deck, which means you don't get that feels bad of like, ah, I need to remove my opponent's Arvanox so I can, so they don't, so they stop stealing my stuff. And then you take their top card, and it's a removal spell, and they're like, ah, goddammit. Or the card they tutored for with Vamp or something. Yeah. Um, the other unique thing about this card, when printed in Stranger Things, <laughs> is it was literally printed upside down. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all the so other cards, the text, if you flip it sideways, you know, it's the same way for mag the magic back of the card in the front. No, my player's actually literally printed upside down and it's great <laughs> yeah my favorite part of that is that people didn't know if it was a printing error or an accident because of uh, <laughs> wizards uh quality control issues as of recent of <coughs> recent it's a loose term yeah like 10 years <laughs> loose <laughs> <laughs> but yeah super cool commander and pretty new commander as well. Very new, yeah. But very unique. Yeah. Alright, so with that, I think uh, I'll take the next spot up here. Um, we're going to get into a theme here with my list. Uh, in... uh, um, Reanimator? What? <laughs> well, yes, Reanimator. But uh, a specific style of Reanimator. Um... The reason it was so easy for me to order my list is a couple of these are just decks I've played in the past, the same deck I've played in the past, that I decided I wanted to change the commander for what I liked more. So with the start of this process, well, the start of this process was Marin of Clan Del Toth, but she's not on the list. She, yeah, if we made top 15, she'd probably be there. But we have Sovereign, Queen of the Golgari. Um, <coughs> two black green for a 2-2 legendary creature elf shaman. Whenever you sack a black creature, you may pay two life if you do each other player sacrifices a creature, 
Whenever you sacrifice a green creature, you may gain two life. Um, so yeah, super powerful ability. No, after you pay four mana with her, and she's in play, you have no mana cost to activate her effects, which is really strong. Uh, if you have a sack outlet, at any time you can make the table sack. Um, they're creatures, so it's hard to attack into you. Um, and she's just really valuable. Like, you can play a Merciless Executioner, and it says, ETB, oh. each of your opponents sacrifice two creatures, you lose two life. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, she's just... That's... Value. Yeah, it's so much value. You get so many two-for-ones in this deck. Like, I... One of my favorite things, you can play a Noxious Gear Hulk, kill somebody's creature, sack it to Phyrexian Altar, kill somebody's... Uh, each opponent sacrifices two creatures, reanimate it, and then... I think, you know, reanimate it with uh, the flashback reanimate spell, so you sacrifice three creatures of the flashback cause, everybody sacrifices three more creatures, you bring it back, kill another <clears throat> creature... Sacrifice another creature, all you've lost is three tokens, a flashback spell from your graveyard, and your Noxious Gearhulk's in play again. So you've <laughs> lost, like, almost no resources, and you've made your opponent sacrifice in a total uh, three, four creatures and killed two specific ones. By the way, uh, just as a reminder, we are making these lists based on casual play. Uh, so yes, <laughs> killing this many creatures is actually a valid strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, in CDH, killing five creatures is like, oh no. Oh my god, five creatures? What kind of deck are you playing? Um, <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah. She's great. <laughs> oh man, well, yeah. um, that makes my number nine easier. Um, <laughs> it's a close follow-up to our Arbanox, uh, and it's actually Chainer. And it is Chainer the Dementia Master, the original mono-black one. Oh, yeah. He's so cool. He's classic, and he's just classic reanimator. <coughs> Three and two black. You know, minion legend. I uh, you know, right? Minion? <laughs> yeah, dude. Wow, we are both really coffee sick today. Sorry for everybody for that. Yeah. <laughs> um... It, I'm not even going to really try editing because I'll lose half the episode. Um, <laughs> so you, he's a 3-3 three, three for 5. So there's that. His first ability is all nightmares get plus 1 plus 1. So that's really cool. Um, and then you pay 3 life and 3 black. Put target creature card from a graveyard into play under your control. It becomes black and a nightmare in addition to its creature types. When Chainer Dementia Master leaves play, remove all nightmares from the game. So he's classic reanimator with with the with a very fair drawback where if you pop him he loses everything he's stolen. Because mm -hmm. I do steal with him a lot. And a lot of people use him just to have a reanimation for their own combo in the command zone. But I like it because Oh, you played a freaking crater hoof. Well, I've got a pretty decent board state. I'm gonna pay three life to kill you. <laughs> meep meep. Yeah, he's super sick. Uh, I think what's cool about him uh, is if you have a sack outlet, um, a lot of effects like unearth, for example, says um, when the creature leaves the battlefield, exile and Zed. 
Trainer doesn't say that for the nightmares. So, like, if you sacrifice the nightmares in response to his ability, like, let's say they kill him, his ability goes on the stack, and you have a sack outlet, you can just sacrifice all the nightmares and send them to the graveyard anyways. Like, you don't get to keep them in play, which is bad, but you get to bring them back later. Also, Chainer says remove all nightmares from the game. It doesn't say remove <coughs> all nightmares you control from the game. Yeah. Counter their nightmare tribal deck. <laughs> or if they homeward path, you're like, fine. Boop. Yeah, that's a good point. Or if someone's playing, oh, I don't know, Changelings. <laughs> yeah, bully the Changeling players. They've got it too good now. Suck it, Morophon. They've had it too good for too damn long. Yeah. How dare you get to be everything? Yeah. You'll pay for this. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's something to keep track of, though. He's a solid commander. Like, he does what he does, and has some really cool synergies oh. with... Oh, I think he's super fun. Any I'm surprised I haven't played Mono Black Chainer yet with the amount of Mono Black removal I've... I mean, Mono Black Vanimator I've played. Really? What? Yeah. I Like, I have him in a deck, but I've never played him. Wow. You're, you're kind of missing yeah. out. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I'll probably... I'll, I think I'll explain more of it when we get to my number one. A little foreshadow, uh, foreshadow. Oh, guess what? It's a reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, your turn, uh, bud. Alright, uh, my, my next card's fairly recent in the grand scheme of things. Clouth, uh, Unrivaled Ancient. Uh, this card's from the uh, red-green uh, uh, commander deck from AFR. Uh, he's five uh, red-green. For a 4-4 legendary creature dragon with flying in haste. Uh, <coughs> when Clouth Unraveled Ancient attacks, add X mana in any combination of colors where X is the total power of attacking creatures. Spend this mana only to cast spells until end of turn. You don't lose mana as steps of phases end. Wow. Just, a, uh, just such a huge card. Like, I remember one of my <laughs> red-green creatures I would always go to. Sorry. No, I mean, you really do sound sick. Jeez. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so hopefully, um, we will still be able to continue making episodes in the future and Brian doesn't <laughs> die. Um, so this dragon reminds me of another red-green dragon that when it attacked, you would add mana to your mana pool. But this one's legendary. Yes. And has haste unlike mm -hmm. the other one <coughs> and the uh, mana you can get off of it is exponential yeah it's crazy um savage vent mall is the card josh is referring to i know it because i play it in the deck because a doy um <laughs> which is four red green for a i think four four flying dragon when it attacks you add triple red triple green to your mana pool the mana doesn't empty as steps and phases end this turn um, really interesting is it curves into Clouth in this deck. You can play that on six when you have six mana. Play Clouth on when you have seven mana because you're in a green deck. This won't be turn six and seven. Um, and so more then, like turn four and five. Yeah, maybe if you're slow. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Uh, and then attack with both of them. Uh, Savage Vent Maul will add his six, 
And then Clouth and Savage Rentmall means you're attacking with a total power of 8. So suddenly you have uh, 14 mana in your mana pool. <laughs> um, yeah, he's Cause, great. Because that's not a lot. Because it's, it's fair and balanced. Um, oh yeah, and then, then oh, with all that mana you suddenly drop like old Gnawbone. And it's like, <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> you know, are you, Cameron? Are you, these are your attack triggers, not even damage triggers. Yeah. So you could flash in Yeva and Gnawbone off of that 14. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. Um, additionally, haste outlets are huge in this deck if you want to build it. Because um, Gruul. Yeah. <laughs> Urbrask is great because it makes it so your opponent's stuff enters tap, so it's more likely that you can attack into a player freely. Um, and he gives haste. Um, Cameron plays Belladros Witherbloom. And I need to. We haven't done it yet, but we need to play 7 mana legendary creature Dragon Ramp. Because his deck's just <coughs> uh, green-black dragon ramp. Mine's red-green dragon ramp. I think I need to talk to Cameron about having a little bit of a dragon fight. Because, yeah, the, the mana you get off this card, if you gen wave with it or something, the, the reason I bring it up is his deck's very similar, because a lot of the payoffs are surprisingly green, because uh, <gasps> that card's fair. That color's fair. <laughs> uh, gen wave's the biggest one. Um... I really like to just stick out big hydras and just see if my opponents can do anything about it. Uh, you can't use it to activate abilities, so like uh, Shiv and Hellkite, you can't play that and ping your opponents to death. But you can just like cast a bunch of creatures, cast an extra combat spell, do it again. Earthquake. Uh, <laughs> earthquake, yeah. You can do burn spells. I straight away from it because it's like, I like slapping down big beefy boys. <laughs> um... It makes the it makes the monkey brain that I have happy, <laughs> but it, it's it's a super fun deck and I'd recommend it. Um, if you do build it and you don't, I would the precon's actually not bad for cards that go in it. Um, it's the five mana dragon dude is the precon actual commander. Um, Wolfgar of Icewind Dale's in there and he's really good. He doubles your attack triggers, so you'll get double Clouth. So if you just play him, then attack with only Cloth, you're already getting 8 mana. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, which is... It means Cloth nets you a mana the turn you play him, which is just not balanced. It's actually not fair, now that I think about it, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, who do you, uh, who do you have next? <laughs> um, mine's somewhat gruel, but a little bit timmer. Um, my next one is Animar Soul of the Elements, and uh, what a classic card. Red, green, blue from Anacost. One, one legendary creature elemental. Protect from white and from black. Uh, whenever you cast a creature spell, he gets plus one plus one counter, and creature spells you cast cost one less to cast for each plus one plus one counter on him. Just wow! Like I played this guy really early on when I was starting Commander a lot. And it just, it was so much fun. Like, I just got to play lots of really big dudes and just more big dudes. And no, I didn't go Eldrazi because at the time those were, are still really expensive. And yeah. I was playing on a pretty small budget, but I was still able to think. That brought me to my favorite non-legendary creature in the deck was definitely Pathbreaker Ibex. Because yeah. 
I just got to drop him for like two green and be like, let's go! Let's because I couldn't go. afford Crater Hoof. And it was just. Mur, mur. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Just being able to just keep playing my cards. Yeah! No, and he's super cool. It, it felt fun. It was just. You felt the the growth of playing your cards it's like everything just became more and more value you know everything <coughs> felt better to play than it actually was yeah and he's and he's kind of versatile I mean you obviously Eldrazi's the big one <clears throat> um <coughs> Animorphs is a huge deck uh Animar with Morphs if you get Animar to three counters you can just morph every card in your hand for free um but he's just one of those classic commanders. When I think, like, OG commander, the the good old days, um, Animar comes to mind. My only real gripe with this card is that he just has pro-white, pro-black. Uh, kind of stapled on him. I don't think he needs it. But, uh... I mean... There's a lot of times I've had people want to swords him and not be able to, and I'm like, no, he's pro-white. You can't. And they're like, oh, damn. No, like, yeah, that that text matters so little until someone forgets it's there and tries to use a spell. <laughs> no, I mean it, it makes him uh, unremovable by two of the bigger removal colors. I, I think that the text is really good. I just don't think he needs it. Is the thing, <laughs> if that makes any sense. That's fair. I honestly, if he'd had protection from red, it would have been a little bit more strong because then he can't doesn't die to like <laughs> blasphemous act or or burn spells. I've had him lightning bolted more times than I've had him die from a board wipe. Well, yeah. lightning bolt in the sense of he took a burn spell to the face. Do you do you know those memes, Josh, where it's like the bell curve of like thinking and it's like on the really low end, it's like a, a thought and then in the middle, it's like the opposite of that thought and then on the really high end, it's the thought from the other end? <laughs> um, that's running lightning bolt in Commander. The low end is, I should run Lightning Bolt in Commander, because it's good and modern. The middle's like, Lightning Bolt doesn't do enough in Commander. And then the high end is, Lightning Bolt kills way too many stupid Commanders. <laughs> uh, I gotta, I gotta make that up after this episode. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Alright. Well, that map, my Commander's pretty yeah. simple. That was pretty simple, straightforward. It's play lots of dudes, and go yeah. to town. Play big guys. Or, or dudettes. <laughs> yeah, dudes or dudettes, yep. Uh, although it's it's teamer, so it's probably uh, things. You know? All the nouns. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of just slamming big guys in play, my next card is Zerillion of the Claw. Um, this is a card I, I just love. I, uh... I finished building this deck. I actually, I want you to guess where I was when I got the last card for this deck, Josh. I'll, I'll make it easier. You can guess continents. Can't. Uh, you've, have you left this hemisphere? Uh, is hemisphere... Like, North America, South America, Canada. Yeah, I, I have left this. Well, oh, North America is Canada. Ignore that. Lay that. Mm. Um, no, it's not. They guess, don't get it anymore. I'm gonna guess. Um, uh, 
Spain? Uh, no, I wasn't in Europe at all. I was in Africa when I finished this deck. Well, okay. <laughs> I was, I was in Morocco, right? <laughs> and I was, uh, oh wow, what is, this is such a weird story. Um, actually, I think Morocco is in the Western Hemisphere, so maybe I lied to you. Ah, uh, but so is Spain. Um, so, <laughs> I, uh, I went out to a, uh, summer course thing. It was, like, for JSTI, the Joint Science and Technology Institute. It was, like, a week-long course. It, I, I just needed to pad out my resume so I could actually get accepted into a good, decent college, because uh, I was not a great student, um, or my application. And then after that, we went to visit my sister, who was doing her internship, and it was in Morocco. Um, so I immediately met up with my family right afterwards. We didn't even fly back to Boise. We then flew from, I think, uh, New York to Morocco, um, or to Spain, then to Morocco. And then while I was there, I found, like, just, uh, what's it called? In my suitcase, I found, uh, like, a card stuck somewhere, and I pulled it out. And it was just this random... Five mana. So really, I guess I should explain the call now. The card now. Uh, really the claw. I found it just in my suitcase, and then I had my binders on me. So I just built this deck while it was in Morocco, like if like during the nights when we weren't going out or something. So he's. I don't. I just think it was a very weird happenstance thing because I never. I don't remember buying this. It was in English, so I obviously didn't pick it up in Morocco. But it was just stuck in my suitcase or something. Maybe, like, somebody dropped it there, like, years ago. But I don't know why anybody would. So he's 3 red red for 3 4 summon legend. Um, I believe he's a Vashino shaman now. Um, a Vashino shaman, yes. He says, 1 red red, tap, search your library for a dragon card, put it into play as though we're just played, shuffle your library afterwards. That creature is, That creature gains haste. Remove the creature from the game at the end of turn. Um, so he's really good at cheating dragons into play, uh, which uh, is surprisingly powerful. Out. Yeah, and he tutors them out. <clears throat> so, um, I play him as kind of toolboxy. Uh, a lot of the dragons I run are, like, fire dragon, stuff that ETB can kill stuff, stuff that wipes board, like bale fire dragon. Um, the, the wall killer. <clears throat> the wall, siege dragon. But, uh, there's a surprisingly large amount of burst you can run. Um, uh, let me pull up Scourge of the Throne, um, is one of the best ones, because he doesn't put them in tapped attacking, he puts them in and they gain haste, so you get attack triggers, um, with them, which is huge. Interesting. And um, the ETBs, too. Yeah. And the ETBs, which is another big one. <laughs> so when Scourge of the Throne attacks for the first time each turn, it's attacking the player with the most life, or tied for the most life. Untap all attacking creatures. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. And it has dethrone. It's a 5-5. Five five. Um, so if you have ways to double up on Zylvan Triggers, which is not hard, um, uh, the biggest way is Elusionish Bracers, Thousand Year Elixir, uh, Lithoform Engine. Um, you can get what I like to call the... I, I may lose this game, but I don't want this person to win combo. Of Scourge of the Throne and Dragon Tyrant. Um, Dragon Tyrant, uh, mana cost is irrelevant. You will never hard cast this in your life. Um, and if you do, I'm sorry. 
uh, Flying Trample Double Strike 6-6 six, six with uh, Red Dragon Tire gets plus one plus oh until end of turn. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice unless you pay four red mana. Obviously, <coughs> that doesn't matter. But, if you activate Zilvern twice and you get Dragon Tyrant and Scourge of the Throne, it attacks the player with the most life. Uh, you hit them for a total of six, because Scourge of the Throne gets his Dethrone trigger, plus uh, another 12. 18 damage. Um, and then you can attack them again, because you get an extra combat. Scourge of the Throne only cares about dethroning once. So you can deal 36 damage. You need to activate Dragon Tyrant's ability, his Fire Breathing, once for it to be an even 40. Because he'll, he'll deal damage four times in total because of Double Strike. So for activating Zillorn twice and having one red floating afterwards means at any point you can kill a player. Like with 40 damage exactly. Uh, as long as you attack the player with the most life. So you can run into the problem where the player with the most life doesn't have has more than 40. But it's still just a surprisingly far reach for having the prerequisite being Zilrin, um, a single card that doubles its effect, you run a bunch, and mana in play. Which I like. Um, not, not to mention, I think the dragon that when you create a new combat, doesn't it untap Zilrin? No, it only untaps attacking creatures. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but still super good. Um... But if you had Vigilance on Zero, then you could attack, use his ability, make another dragon come in, untap him, attack, tap him, use his ability. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, but you couldn't attack with the dragons you bring in the first combat, because they don't enter attacking, and you've already declared attackers. So? so <laughs> it'd still be cool. Um, <laughs> and he also, this is like a weird thing I like about magic cards. He, uh... He does really good against other people playing Intruder Alarm. Because <laughs> uh, you activate his ability, um, Intruder Alarm triggers, you untap him, you can activate... So basically you just activate his ability, every three mana equals a dragon that turn. And uh, I, I get sick and tired of losing to people running Intruder Alarm. <coughs> um, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> for people who don't know, uh, three, two and a blue enchantment, Creatures don't untap during their controllers and tap steps. Whenever a creature ETBs, untap all creatures. Um, play just... It's just so good. Uh, but it can backfire sometimes. And I f find it a little too funny when it backfires for people. It's You get what you deserve. Right. Yeah. So there's my... Uh, Commander, there's my fourth place commander. I think I spent a little too long talking about Morocco, but it's just one of those. No, crazy it made sense, stories. and it was also funny that uh, that commander's from Mirage, and you were in Morocco, and thematically <laughs> that kind of fits in my head. No, no, Envi it environmentally. <laughs> but yeah, who do you, who do you have up next? All right, so in my number seven slot is <coughs> also a kind of newer commander. I feel he doesn't get as much get as much love as he should, and it is Carter Doomscourge. Uh, yeah. Two a black and a red, demon berserker, four three, pretty good stats for you know four mana. Um, when Carter Doomscourge enters the battlefield until your next turn, creatures your opponents control attack each combat if able, and attack a player other than you if able. 
so that's really cool. It goads everything. Yeah. And whenever an attacking creature dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Which is, you get value off of making them go after each other. And I've seen some really funny things happen with this. Um, like having an enchantment out that gave everybody's <laughs> creature haste. <laughs> yeah. So, and anything you played was going to have to swing that turn. And it was just chaos everywhere. And it was, it was fun. It, it just, it causes conversations at the table just by playing it. And it's like, oh God, I want to stop that because I don't want to swing with this. And someone else is like, I want that to happen because I want you to swing with that. And it just, it causes conversations. It's mm -hmm. really good. And it disrupts people who just are playing by themselves. Yeah. Um, and it also, um, maybe this is me being a little devilish. Um, it can give people excuses to attack other people without getting too much flack. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> ah, I have to attack. Sorry. And then you go at them, and then you can use it as an excuse later as to why you hit them for 20. This card's... I, I like him, though. Uh, uncommon, which really surprised me. Right? Yeah. Obviously, Conjurer's Closet's huge in this deck. Um, avatar of Slaughter, I'd recommend. Attacking uh, 6 red red for an 8-8 creature avatar. All creatures have double strike and attack each turn if able. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just such a sick card. It, it, what's cool about them is, like, if they kill them... So if you have Conjurer's Closet in play, they have to remove Conjurer's Closet. Because if they just remove your commander, you just cast them again. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a card I'm happy to tap out, play, and pass. Because you're safe. Yeah. <coughs> uh, and his ability, um, when it triggers, it can. it's one of the few... That could actually affect things that aren't in play. You read my mind. That was what I was just about to look up. Yeah, that's what I was saying. If you give a haste outlet to all your opponents, anything they play is going to have to attack. Because <coughs> it doesn't say all creatures in play must attack. It says creatures your opponents control. So you're tagging your opponent. Yeah. So when combat happens, creatures they control, if they can attack, must attack. Yeah. The official ruling being Carter's, Carter's first ability affects all creatures your opponents control, including any that enter the battlefield after the ability resolves. Right. Super sick card. Um, obviously, uh, if you want to play around them, uh, you can play creatures after you attack to have un after your combat step to have untapped creatures and whatnot to block. But uh, this is one of those decks where you don't want to be the person playing after Carter because you have to attack with everything. And then everybody else has to attack with everything, and you're and suddenly you don't have many blockers in play. Right. <laughs> the first to fall. Yeah. yeah. He just he's disruptive. It causes things, <laughs> causes chaos at the table, and causes conversations. I really like it for the social aspect. Like, it just takes people out of their comfort zone. It's like, oh god, I actually have to attack now, and it's mm -hmm. going to happen more than once this game, probably. Yeah. And then the life loss and gain, it's just, a, it's the cherry on top of a nice Rakdos pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that one's mine. Yeah, uh, coming up, uh, for me, I have a classic commander, and, I, and, and kind of an honorable mention, 
uh, as well. So I have Aetherios, uh, God of Past, but I also wanted to mention um, Aetherios Shroud Veiled. Because uh, whenever I play this deck, I just kind of randomly pick which one I want as my commander and which one I want in the 99. Uh, so Aetherios God of Passage, I think is the one I prefer, is one black-white for a legendary enchantment creature god, 5-4 with indestructible. As long as your devotion to white and black is less than 7, Aetherius isn't a creature. Whenever a creature you own dies, return to your hand unless target opponent pays 3 life. Ah. So good. You can uh. run ETB shenanigans. My favorite is when you have somebody with no creatures in play, and you play... <laughs> this is like the third time I've mentioned this card this episode. And you play... Uh, Merciless Executioner and make everybody sack a creature then you go to the, look at the guy with no creatures in play and you're like hey do you want to give me this back and he's like yeah dude and I, you just keep casting yeah. it again Merciless again. Executioner or Flashback Marauder or Plague yep. Crafter or the new uh, Demon's Disciple yeah fucking go to town it's so good um, and then Aetherius Shroud Veil is 4 white black for a 4-7 indestructible as long as your devotion to white and black is less than 7 Aetherius isn't a creature at the beginning of your end step, put a coin counter on target creature. Whenever a creature with a coin counter on it dies or is put into exile, return that card to the battlefield under your control. <coughs> uh, so this one's political in a different way, uh, where you just start saying uh, mine to things. You're like, this will be mine. This is not mine now. I'm not stealing it from you. But when you are done playing with that toy, it is my toy. Or when I say you're done playing with it. <laughs> yeah, or when I say playtime's over. Um, interesting, if they blink it with, like, rune, you get it. Because they exile it, <laughs> you get it. Um, wow. But very, they're both very political decks. I, I like them a lot. Um, a lot so of the like time... He had, a, he had a tie slot, basically. Yeah, at a tie slot. And, and it's it's because I play them both. Like, it's the same deck that I just swap out commanders. Because um, in the Shroud Veiled Aetheros, I, I often find myself putting counters on my own stuff so I get them back, like Platinum Angel or something. Um, That's fair. Yeah. Additionally, if you wanted to play Shadowborn Apostle, Aetheros God of Passage is a really good deck for it. Oh, God. Hey, you uh, want to give me all these six Shadowborns <laughs> back? It's three life per Shadowborn. Uh, I don't play that, uh, just because Shadowborn Apostle is like five dollars a card at cheapest, and you need like Which is silly. forty of them. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, Commander Legends Baldur's Gate Shadowborn Apostle, my friend, we got it. At super common, you get one per pack guarantee. <laughs> wow. But yeah, great card. Um, <laughs> Tasa Karloff is really funny in this deck. Because um, <laughs> it triggers his ability twice, so it becomes six life per creature. Um, but yeah, I really like Ew. it. Uh, yeah, he's just a cool political white-black deck. Um, currently I have him swapped out for Shadrick Silverquill. Um, but yeah, I'm a huge fan. So, who do you have up in your number five slot? Uh it's my number yeah, I mean, uh, six when I'm counting down, basically. Yeah, the same thing. Um, oh, yeah, I can't also, also kind of a tie. Um, <coughs> the one that won out over the two of them is <coughs> is Queen Marchessa. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, one red, one white, and a black. Yep. Uh, human assassin, 3-3. Three, three. Uh, death touch haste. When Cream Marchessa enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, if an opponent is a monarch, you get a 1-1 one, one black assassin token with death touch and haste. I really like how monarch, much like the, the commander before this, uh, causes shit to happen. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. It's like someone is going to go after that. They're going to want to have the the monarch because that that draw card draw is so tempting. Ugh. Yeah. And you'll get the card draw right away if you hit. You know, well not right away, but you'll get that turn before someone else takes it from you. Mm -hmm. But it causes shenanigans. And the other one that was right behind was the other Marches of the Black Rose. You know, except blue, black, red. Uh, human wizard. I don't know how she became an, a wizard after being an assassin. Should have been both. Uh, three three. But she got dethroned. Other creatures you control have dethroned. And whenever a creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it dies, you return to the battlefield under control at the begin beginning of the next instep. Um, that one, it's less of the monarch politics and more of the you're at the highest life, so I'm going to hit you for value. Yeah. And it makes people really wary about gaining life because you, they know you're going to come after them because your creatures are going to get bonuses. No, I think I think uh, both Marchesas are really cool. I I also prefer the Mardu one. I think uh, I think the the getting Monarch started yeah. on the field is really fun. And and also I find myself a lot of the time, especially if I'm the person playing right before. So if it goes like my turn, Marchesas turn, I'll be like, hey, let me take the throne from you. You get the assassin, then I'll let the assassin hit me, and you can get it back. And then we just kind of trade Monarchy if they keep it. Because the Assassin's good. Um, having them in play can late game deter people from attacking you. Um, it generates value. And the draw's at end of turn. So, like, if you lose Monarch, it doesn't mean you won't get the draw on your next turn. It just means you have to get it back, which I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why I like that one, because it, <coughs> you have in your command zone a way to cause... Uh, the monarchy to start and just having that on the field causes social conversations and i really like that about it it's yeah. a very intrinsic and good effect for commander play i think outside of jared carthillian she's the only commander that brings monarch into play but yeah super fun card uh yeah, up next, I have the continuation of the Sovereign deck with Izoni, Thousand-Eyed. Uh, this is from the return to the return of Ravnica. Um, she's two black-black, green-green for a 2-3 legendary creature, Elf Shaman. Undergrowth. When Izoni, Thousand-Eyed enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 black and green insect creature token for each creature card in your, battle in your graveyard. Uh, then you can pay black-green... <coughs> Place another creature, gain him one life and draw a card. Um, this card's unfair. <laughs> Let me just put that right out right now. Um, this card's this card's silly. This card's dumb, and I like it for stupid reasons. I don't like it to play this cool aristocrat deck. All right, I don't like it to do anything interesting. I like it to put her in my graveyard somehow. Maybe I'll just stick her out for three insects and sacrifice the insects and have her die. 
<laughs> that I like to reanimate my graveyard, put her trigger on the stack, sacrifice my graveyard, have her trigger resolve, get a bunch of insects, sacrifice them for mana, and just play Graveyard Storm. That's the only reason. It's not a fun deck to play against, really, and it takes a while, which is why I don't really have it anymore, but I like it. It's really fun. Uh, she's super good with Ashdod's Altar. I mean, just, or in Phyrexian Altar, just ridiculous. Because um, <coughs> if you think about it, with Ashdod's and Phyrexian Altar, you can basically make one colored mana per each creature in your graveyard from Azoni's ETB, sacrificing them to Phyrexian Altar, and then two colorless for each other creature, sacrificing to Ashnods. You're going to make a bunch of mana, you're going to sacrifice them, you're going to draw cards because you're in green-black, so of course you are when you sacrifice stuff. Um, and then you're going to reanimate your graveyard again and do it again, and just get a bunch of death triggers, ideally Garys in your graveyard, and you trigger them a bunch of times. You can stack everybody's ETBs before Zoni, so they're all in play for the ETBs, then sacrifice them in response to a Zoni trigger, and then get all the insects. <coughs> She's, yeah. That's why I like her. It's it's probably one of the decks I had to stop myself from playing because it took too much time to resolve. Yeah, I could see that. And just the value you get off of that is insane. <clears throat> um, and just for my sake, I'm going to say hydrate. Drink some water. Everyone <laughs> drink some water. I'm drinking water. Yeah, because actually, we all need it. I should be drinking iced tea right now. But I'm going to go ahead and get to my uh, number number five. We're, we're about halfway through now. We've, yeah. We're on the halfway mark. My number five is one I think a lot of people uh, enjoy me playing sometimes. And it's Toshiro Umazawa. Uh, one and two black. Legendary creature, human samurai. 2-2. Two, two, uh, Bushido, one. Uh, whenever he attacks or blocks, or whenever he is blocked or become blocked, he gets plus one plus one on turn. That has very rarely become a violent effect, um, but sometimes it saves my skin. Whenever a creature an opponent controls is put into a graveyard <coughs> from play, I may play target instant card in my graveyard. If that card would be put into a graveyard this turn, remove it from the game instead. Tribal instance is one of my f favorite things to do with Toshiro because I bring a black spell slinger deck to the table and it's just something that black doesn't do. And I, I have tons of responses, I'm interactive, and I just, I'm able to pull off some really neat tricks and it's just fun. I, I really enjoy it. Like, black flashback is for spells being a, a spell chromancer is is not something black does so it's a very unique effect and being able to flash back all those spells you know it's something that's normally like an is it thing so different spells of a different flavor are coming back and it, it's just he's very unique in that aspect and i love it no yeah i think he's super sick i uh Where'd you get your copy of Toshiro, by the way, Josh? Well, my original Toshiro, I had since Kamigawa, um, but you recently got uh, got the, uh, the the different variable of art here, um, and 
it was it's very pretty. My friend here, Brian, gave it to me, and I'm very <laughs> happy to have it. I, I will note that uh, that it doesn't read on spell table, so I end up having to use, <laughs> oh, use no. the old one. Yeah, it always thinks that the uh, the new art is Norit, and I'm like, what? No, <laughs> Norit. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But I I just I like Toshiro being able to surprise <laughs> interact with the field. It's like, okay, I have this interaction piece in my graveyard, and uh, we got to deal with this thing. I've already dealt with it once. It came back, so all I got to do is kill something else. So I play another spell and kill something, and then I play that spell out of my graveyard and kill something else, and then I play another spell out of my graveyard and kill something else, and yeah. just it's. In my mind, it, it always stood out to me as like that one samurai with a sword and a sheath, and you see things coming out, and it's just <laughs> and they all die. The atomic samurai. Yeah, I definitely have you're already dead in the deck. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I have I, I have no way to deal damage except for my crypt rats, but it's in there. Well, you know, people go to combat, they block. You're already dead. One of the blockers. It's. I think Toshiro is super cool. I think he's a really flavorful, well-designed commander, um, and I think he's unique. I don't think there's many black cards like him, really. <coughs> For spell slinging off of creatures dying, no. Yeah, I, I mean, mean even, there's even, ones that trigger aristocrats, but he's a spell aristocrat. Yeah, <coughs> like there's not much spell slinging in black, and I think this is a really cool way to do it. I think it plays off the idea of, like, black ma black magic and commander being, like, gaining a benefit from stuff dying, which isn't seen that much outside of life gain, which is interesting, but not really... It needs, I think it needs to be expanded on more, and I think Toshiro fits that a lot. I think, uh... And, I mean, he's a Bushido card, which is the best mechanic in magic history. Besides banding. Besides Van, you're right. Close <laughs> second, but yeah. Which, by the way, um, they did try, they did something similar to Bushido uh, and Exalted in Kamigawa. <laughs> like, where you're, if your samurai attacks or blocks alone or something like that, yeah, uh, it gets a bonus. <clears throat> but it's a very, <laughs> they haven't redone it. They should have just redone Bushido in Kamigawa and <laughs> kind of been cool. Cool. Yeah, I think the problem with Bushido, I think, so Wizards, I think, stated a uh, while ago, I forget where I read this, and maybe I'm making this up, or not making it up, but read this from somebody who did, um, that uh, Bushido isn't really a great mechanic, because, like, for it to do anything, your opponent needs to play into it, which means they know it's happening, which means it won't do anything important. Um, and while I think that's good, I think what Bushido does do interesting is it makes them wait until they have to do until they have a way to answer it to do something to attack you and at which point you can play around that answer I think it comes up for a lot of interesting scenarios I think it makes over blocking it a thing you do more often than not it, sorry what were yeah. you saying yeah you go at it with in intuition you're like okay he knows I'm going to do this but he's coming anyways so I need to be prepared for what he's got prepared it's, it's literally like two samurais dueling. It's like they're both got their hands on their sword. Who flinches first? Exactly. Like, if I have a 2-2 two -two with Bushido 2, and Josh attacks me with a 3-3, three -three, either 
the the first line of thought is he's making a mistake. The second line of thought is he knows my creature will kill his as a blocker. He has something in play. The next line of thought is he knows I know that, so maybe he's just doing it anyways to try to see if he can get through. And then it it comes up with those interesting uh, scenarios where you have to think, is he trying to out... Am I outthinking myself, or is he outthinking me? Or and, is he uh, just trying to force me to block to kill my commander? <laughs> exactly. It's a... Uh, I think it's a really interesting mechanic. I think it, uh, but it, to be fair, it is one of those mechanics that um, a lot of the, it's, it's not flashy, right? You know, it doesn't, its impact can't be seen, really. It's all in your head. Yeah, it's all in your head. But yeah, I think, great card, Toshiro. Um, kind of wish more of the Umizawas were like him. Not throwing yeah. shade or anything. Uh, or ninjas. Yeah. Meh. But yeah, uh, for me up next, we have the uh, the final chapter in the Brian's Green-Black Reanimator Escapade. And it ends with Abzan. Um, Carador, Ghost Chieftain. Uh, five black, green, white for a 3-4. I four. Known. Yeah, baby. Legendary creature, Centaur Spirit. He costs one less to cast for each creature card in your graveyard. During each of your turns, you may cast one creature card from your graveyard. Um, this card has been overshadowed by Moldrotha, and it breaks my heart to say that, but it is true. <coughs> uh, but I really like him. I think Abzan's probably one of the most interesting color combinations, uh, and really versatile. Um, and maybe that's because I started playing during cons and would just my ideal game of standard was cast as many siege rhinos as possible <laughs> but uh I really like him getting to cast one creature from your graveyard is super impactful and it might not seem like it but a lot of the times that one creature you're casting from your graveyard is going to get branch you off into the ability to cast more creatures from your graveyard maybe you get a um Oh, I, you know... Oh, no. What's the Phyrexian reanimate? Phyrexian, uh... I found the... Phyrexian Delver. Uh, yeah! Three black black... Uh, three black black for a three-two creature zombie. Probably Phyrexian now. Um, when Phyrexian Delver enters the battlefield, return to her creature card from the graveyard to the battlefield, you lose life, you lose mana cost. So suddenly you've got two <coughs> creatures in play. Um... My favorite thing to do with it now that I haven't gotten the chance to do yet um, involves one of Josh's pet cards, would be to cast Ruthless Technobancer from my graveyard. Gee. Um, you can cast Ruthless Technobancer, you can sacrifice another big creature, get a bunch uh, of treasures. Like, like Phyrexian Delver. Like Phyrexian Delver. Put Phyrexian Delver in your graveyard, get three treasures, activate Ruthless Technobancer, bring back Phyrexian Delver, get another big creature from your graveyard, you continuously... One that eats the Technomancer. <clears throat> what? No. Would never. I definitely would. Yeah, maybe you get back Izoni, sacrifice a bunch of the things to Ashnod's altars, trigger Ruth, sacrifice Ruthless Technomancer, bring them all back. It's, it creates the ability to do a lot of things loop-wise on just your end, 
But reactively, it grants you the ability to always have access to cards like Eternal Witness to get back a removal spell. It can always hit you Reclamation Sage. Um, and, and it can turn your creature's ETBs into instant speed. That's yeah. the real cool thing about Technomancer is you, you can have him sit there with those uh, <coughs> three mana and some artifacts open or just three plus treasures for enough to pay the two and a black to reanimate something. Yeah. But we digress. Yeah. he's. I, I think he's a very lot. interesting. I, and uh, he is a Phyrexian zombie. He is Phyrexian? Delver. I, I would be upset if he wasn't. Um, the one thing Kerador has over Moldrotha is the mana cost reduction he gets, which can be valuable. Uh, for a lot of the game, uh, it does affect his commander tax. Uh, <coughs> so for a lot of the game, you probably are only going to be playing paying uh, black, green, white for Garador, <laughs> which is really good. Um, cards you'll want for this deck, Mesmeric Orb, um, Golgari, Grave Troll, things to fill your graveyard, uh, mostly. And then basically your favorite swath of just black, green, white ETB and Death Trigger creatures. Because this isn't a reanimator deck where you're reanimating big creatures. This is a reanimator deck where you're reanimating <laughs> the same few creatures multiple times to get value off of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I guess that's me done with Carador. so who do you got up next? So, this is a very interesting commander for me, um, considering I <laughs> never actually built it, but I just love the concept. Um, it's Noyandar Royal Shaper. Oh. Three, a white and a blue, for a legendary merfolk ally. 4-4. Four, four. Uh, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you may put three plus one plus one counters on target land you control. If you do, that land becomes a zero zero elemental creature with haste that's still a land. And that is interesting because it's, it's a lands matter effect in mm -hmm. a spell slinger, not in green. Yeah. And it just feels really unique in that perspective where it's not like uh, the Queen of the Four Queen of Beasts or whatever where you're just like, I'm gonna tap my commander and all my lands become three threes. It's I have built this so that some of my lands I'm lands <laughs> and spells and I'm gonna beat people up with my lands. I'm gonna give people yeah. a basic beat down, you know? Um <laughs> and can get really cool lands in there like uh the indestructible colorless land just to have an indestructible 3-3 for one spell like mm -hmm. it gives all of your spells that you play technically also give you a creature or buff yeah. a creature at the same time like you could pick one <laughs> land and just start casting spells and you're getting <clears throat> immense value out of it like oh i'm gonna brainstorm and i got a 3-3 um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna counterspell, and now I got a six-six. Mm -hmm. I'm going to um, play an aura enchantment on my three, on my six-six land, and now it's a nine-nine. Let's go! Like, <coughs> it's so cool. The only reason I didn't build it as one of my first steps out of mono black after quarantine was Toxtrol's really um, popular, and yeah. I. I it feels bad, man. 
yeah, it feels really bad. But yeah, he's actually super cool. He's one of those cars I've had sitting in my binder, always looking at me. Uh, <laughs> and saying, you know you want to. And you're like, dude, <coughs> but I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I think what's I think you mentioned it. The the best part about him is that you can uh, continuously put the counters on the same, same land. yeah on the same land, which is huge. Um, yes, yeah. you can be degenerate and you can put it on a blink moth or an ink moth nexus. Yes, you could do it blue white <laughs> infect, but that's only one land. Yeah, I uh, I really like it. I think spell slinger. Uh, can be annoying sometimes. I think the win con for your Spellslinger being combat is pretty unique. I think he does that specially. <coughs> yeah, so you can see where my my fourth and fifth slots are. I like slinging spells, you know. I play magic, and I want to create interesting interactions off of my spells that are not built into the spells themselves, you know. Yeah, a, a big part of Commander, um, skills in Commander... As much as we, it's a politics game, and like, not everybody's always your enemy. At the end of the day, they are, right? It is you trying to beat three other people, so you need to get as much value for every card you play. Because if you think about it, at the start of the game, you have seven cards in your hand, and your opponents have twenty-one cards in hand, uh, <laughs> in a four-player pod. Uh, so, things that get you extra value for extra mileage for everything you do are huge in Commander. Uh, often the person with the most resources win, wins. Uh, and resources in Commander, uh, the biggest ones are mana and cards in hand. Uh, and so, life. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, mana, cards in hand. And, and life's a big I, one. I play it black. Gets, it gets you the other two, though, is the thing. Yeah, I play black. Those, it's yeah. an important resource. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, I think a big reason why Noyan Dar is good is it gets you creatures for every card you play. So it gets you cards in play, it gets you uh, it, for free mana. So you're effectively cheating mana and cards in play, which are big things. I think underrated commander, in all honesty. I, I think Definitely. I've only played against him a couple of times. I think I, he deserves to be played more than he is. Hmm. <coughs> But yeah. Um, uh, by the way, uh, Noyandar goes really well in some of the more powerful decks that may have, oh, I don't know, an intruder alarm in play. <laughs> oh god, yeah, because you make your lands creatures. Oh no. Uh-huh. God, I fucking intruder alarm, dude. That card is the bane of my existence. And there's so many things that go broken with it. But yeah, we digress. Um... Yeah. <laughs> um. The next card coming up. Can you guess the strategy of the of the deck that it's that it is, hmm. Josh? Hmm. 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 Either dragons or reanimator. So I'm gonna go with oh I don't know reanimator. Yeah, it's chainer nightmare of death. The other chainer. Da 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 da. Um. Now with dragons. No. <laughs> There's a couple in there, but uh. Not not really big dragon. So Chainer, Nightmare Adept, very similar to Carador in all honesty. Um, two black red for a three two. Legendary creature, human minion. Still a minion. <clears throat> uh hold on. <coughs> God, I'm gonna die, dude. Um, 
And he has. And this is why he plays Reanimator. He's trying to learn how to not die. Yeah, and this is the secret to my lichdom. Uh, discard a card. You may cast a creature card from your graveyard this turn. Activate this ability only once each turn. Notably, it says each turn. Kyrador says during each of your turns you can cast a creature from your graveyard. This is each turn. And whenever a non-token creature ETBs under your control, if you didn't cast it from your hand, it gains haste until end of turn. Um, but the creature doesn't go away at end of turn. It just gets haste off of his ability. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to talk about this too much because it's pretty similar to Kyrador. But uh, it's just another one of those toolboxy decks. You're not reanimating big stuff. You're reanimating many small things, like I said. But in this deck, you're red-black, so the stuff you're doing is more bent around making the game come to an end instead of preventing other people from ending it. You're trying to... You're the one who needs to be prevented, because you... It's it's aggressive, Carador. Yeah. Because the problem with red-black is, for the most part, uh, your removal is only really creature-based. Uh, and artifact-based, because of red. But, uh... So, you, if you try to play the long game of removing stuff you're going to lose out to other people's decks that was stuff you can't answer. So, you kind of need and to be... And enchantments the... are really popular right now. Yeah, which is not my favorite thing. <laughs> but, uh... <clears throat> I really like him. Uh, notable card for this deck of Dalton Ori. Uh, giving everything flash... I actually... Hold on, let me double check. Have I ever played this one? Uh-oh. Image. Oh no! Oh no! I think it's the Dalkinori. No, no. All right. So <laughs> the Dalkinori, uh, four mana. You may cast non-land cards as though they had flash. I needed to double check to make sure it didn't say cards from your hand, because um, mine is in <laughs> mine is in Chinese. <laughs> <coughs> but uh, this means you can activate its ability each turn and still cast the cards. Additionally, a little cheeky thing you can do is you can if you, even if you don't have a way to cast creatures from your graveyard, you can just activate its ability on people's turn to discard cards. Which is not a bad thing, especially if you know you're going to cast uh, Rise of the Dark Realms on your next turn or something. <coughs> but yeah, super sim super similar to my previous mentions, uh, to my previous mention. But yeah, what do you what do you have up next, Josh? Um, before I go to my next one, I want to tell you that yes, oh. I fully support Chainer. Uh, he's <laughs> the deck I'm actually working on for my CDH. So I yeah. You can do some cheeky shit. I'm just saying. Like, oh, um, oh, you killed my opposition agent? Well, I'm going to flash him back into play on your turn. Ta-da. Um, <laughs> yeah, because oh, op agent's so, so silly. So rude. But yeah, um, going to something not so rude, um, but definitely one of my favorites is Hazezon Tamar. <laughs> four red green white uh, legendary human warrior two four now for seven mana so his stats are definitely not what he's about when Haze's own Tamara enters the battlefield create x one one sand warrior creature <coughs> tokens that are red green and white at the beginning of your next upkeep where x is the number of lands you control at that time. When Haze Zone leaves the battlefield, exile all sand warriors. <laughs> not warriors, not sand, sand warriors. So 
the creatures he exiles have to be both. Yeah. To clarify. Um, and I just have so much fun with this guy. Like, it doesn't instant win. Um, because I play him, I, like, find ways to sack him or get rid of him, and just put a really big warning label on the battlefield saying, kill me before my next turn, or shit's hitting the fan. Because X sam warriors are coming in. Sometimes they're actually 4-4 angels. Um... <laughs> And then they're going to trigger, like, Cathar's Crusade, or or Rhythm of the Wild, or anything else. And, and, like, I just synergize off of them being red, green, white, and I'm just... It's an eminent button on the field, and it's just... I play a lot of control and removal and bubbles and stuff on there, and I just... It ramps up and it says, alright, kill me, or I'm probably killing most of you. Yeah. Um, how much? Uh, how much did you spend on Hazezad? Out of curiosity. Originally. Yeah, yeah. Like, fifteen bucks. Uh, for those of the audience who don't know, Hazezad is a decent card from Legends, which means he is three hundred and fifty dollars right now on uh, Card Kingdom, or three th- about three thirty on TCG. Um. Which makes it very hard to, for me to let him go. Yeah. Because getting him back would be a pinch in my ass. Um, straight through my wallet with a rapier. Um, but he's just... He's so cool. He's unique. Like, yeah. they weren't even making uh, token cards back then. So, there isn't a Sand Warrior token. Oh. There's just not. Yeah. So, I've been using... Uh, tokens I got made that are all Garus. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I don't even watch Naruto. I've just watched the uh, Rock Lee versus Gara fight. And that's like it from Naruto. <laughs> exactly. All these sand warriors coming out, and that's what I what I do. He's Gara, and he's just making sand puppets to fight people with, and it's great. And yeah. I enjoy it a lot. And really beautiful art on Hazezad. I, uh, I'm not like the biggest art guy. Um... Especially after Therese Nielsen got cancelled, so... <laughs> um, but Hazezad's got really just well-done art. Like, wow. He's just, he's a great card. It, he, your opponents get to see it coming, too, is the thing. They get they get a turn to prepare. Yeah, um, and that's what I really love about it. It's not a surprise win button. It's a, I want to see what you do about it. Yeah. Like... He's su- it's he's super a, it's another one of those things that causes the conversation at the table. Everyone has to go, okay, who can kill ha- who can kill Josh before Jose's <laughs> own triggers next turn and yeah. shit hits the fan? Because I, sometimes I put double the trigger on the stack, so I'm getting twice as many. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's might be even a... I think I cut Perforos because I didn't like it. Um, because <coughs> it just did all the work for me. No, I wanted to kill people with the sand warriors. Yeah. Um, but like... It puts that conversation on the table and it forces people to play and interact. Yeah. I, I forgot, did you mention the uh, sacrifice Hazazon before the Sand Warriors enter thing? Oh, yeah. Good, I try to get, I definitely try to get rid of him in some way before my Sand Warriors come out. Yeah. 
unless they're actually coming in as four four angels, and then I don't care. Yeah, because then they it doesn't matter how they enter. Right, uh, because they're because not they're sand not warriors. Sand I also play other tricks in my deck. Um, there's specifically one spell where I can target a player and their creatures gain all creature types. And then I get rid of Haze Zone. Oh no. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, it's so bad, but it's so funny. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Oh. Yeah, he's super it, cool. The deck had a nickname in the store that really was more of a sound effect and it was dooga dooga doo doo dooga dooga doo 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 every time I'd ramp it was I'd ramp spell and then the same words hit yeah it was fun I lost a lot but it was fun yeah because well the thing is he's really open to removal which is what I like he he Punishes people who try to play solitaire in Commander. Um, and he's seven mana, too. So, like, not only do you see it coming when he ETBs, you see it coming from turn one, and you've got to wait a bit. <laughs> but, uh... I think the fastest I ever had him out was turn four. Yeah. But I don't want to play him that fast, because I want other things to have available to interact with his ability if I triggers. Mm-hmm. Like, I want... There's a knight that gives all creatures plus one plus one for every color they are. Oh, oh gosh, yeah, Knight of New Alara, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. Um, there's the one that gives all humans and uh, warriors and berserkers plus one plus one and plus two plus zero oh in haste. Um, having a haste out is really important, <laughs> or things like that. You know. So yeah. just playing him doesn't win me the game. I need to have interaction with myself to be able to make it effective yeah no totally it, it's uh it's a sick card uh obviously if you want to uh if you want to like make this deck as good as you possibly could you'd put it in perforos goblin bombardment impact tremors uh token doublers and you just have the etb kill the table um even if they do have an answer um but it's not always about that um, right. I don't play it for that degenerate win. I will play it for the degenerate force the table to do something. <laughs> and then I I believe you're getting this deck back soon, recently? Uh, soon, uh, right? November. Um, I actually November. have a friend who's over in Turkey in the military, and hopefully everything goes all right over there over the next couple months and everything. Uh, not just for my deck's sake, but for him. Yeah, and for everyone who's over there experiencing the terrible situations that are happening in on that side of the world, hope for the best, hope for a good resolution, and fuck him, Putin. Yeah, just saying. Anyway, it's it's pretty rough. But yeah, um, additionally, uh, since you'll be getting the deck back uh, on a later note, I wanted to mention you could uh, run Rite of Harmony in the deck as a new card. Um. Green, oh, I've, been white. Looking at, I've been looking at some upgrades. Yeah. For people who don't know, Rite of Harmony, really unique effect. It's green-white instant. Whenever a creature enchantment enters battlefield under your control this turn, draw a card. It has flashback. Um, there's a one green version of this, but it says whenever you cast a creature. Rite of Harmony triggers off of tokens entering, uh, which is obviously really good for this deck. Uh, it might actually even be too much card draw in some cases. Yep. But, uh... <laughs> 
it's especially good uh, for any token deck, so I just wanted to mention it, because it's, uh, I believe it's one of the very few things like that that trigger off of tokens. All right. So yeah. we're, we're getting to our top three. No, top two. Top two. Yeah, top two. Um, can, you, <laughs> can, you, can you guess the strategy of my next one, Josh? Um, I'm actually going to try and guess the name. Oh, really? Um, and this guy that I'm going to guess is either your number two or your number one. That's my guess. And it's Balfour the Defiled? Is it? <laughs> he's, he's my number one. <laughs> yeah! Uh, my number two is uh, it's Cedrus the Traitor King. Uh, <laughs> so Cedrus the Traitor King, uh, not only having one of the most metal-sounding names in Magic the Gathering, it's also one of just my favorite cards. Um... So he's, because he's taught me a lot of things about Magic the Gathering. Um, he's three blue, black, red for a 5-5 five, five legendary creature zombie warrior. Each creature card in your graveyard has unearth for two and a black. Unearth is you pay the cost, in this case two and a black. Uh, return the card to play. The creature gains haste, remove it from the game at the end of turn, or if it would leave play. Unearth only as a sorcery. <coughs> so... Um, I like shenanigans, Josh. Um, yep. The reason this card has taught me so much about the game. Firstly, the big thing it taught me, um, illusionist bracers don't work on him because the activate ability is the creature in your graveyard, not from him. Same with, mm. uh, training grounds and Hearthstone. Um, secondly, Phasing out is not leaving the battlefield. <laughs> wow. Thirdly, uh, if you end the turn with triggers on the stack, um, they are exiled. <laughs> so those are the three big lessons uh, I've learned. Um, and the reasons they come into play is three mana to bring back any creature is great. There's actually... In Magic the Gathering, we kind of have reanimator spells that aren't, like, group reanimator stuff fall into, like, three categories. There's one mana reanimate. That's, like, it's reanimate, and that's it. After that, there's two mana reanimation spells that are usually enchantments or have a downside. So, and if they are enchantments, they usually also have a downside. So, animate dead, the creature gets minus one, minus one. Dance of the dead, the creature gets plus one, plus one, but is tapped and doesn't untap unless you pay mana during your untap step. Um... Stitched together, you have to have Threshold, Exhume, everybody gets a creature back. Um, and then at four mana, we get stuff like Zombify, which just no downside reanimates a creature. And then we also have some stuff like that at five mana. We don't really have three mana reanimation effects. Um, so it's a really good... You're paying less than the Zombify effect. You're paying more than the effects with downsides. But you're getting an upside with haste. Um, so you get a lot of cool stuff. This is unlike Carador in the previous one. This deck you're reanimating big things. You're reanimating big things with cool ETBs. We're talking Gyruda, Sepulchral Primordial, um, stuff like that. And uh, the reason we're doing this is because we get haste, we want the ETB to happen, we want to get value off the creature coming into play in case we can't save them from the end step exile them. So like Gyruda will bring in a creature, Support who will bring in three creatures from graveyards. 
Um, and then we want to just attack with them and get in there. Um, but the deck runs a lot of cool cards. The biggest of them, um, and this is a card I have owned for far too long and I think is super interesting, is Teferi's Veil. Um, which is one in a blue for an enchantment. Whenever a creature you control attacks, it phases out at end of combat. So, you, <laughs> <laughs> you utter for three mana. You swing, you utter, probably if you played Cedrus, that means you have at least six mana in play. Because um, I'm broke and don't run jewel and don't own a jewel bonus. Uh, you unearth probably usually two creatures the turn after you play Cedrus, maybe three. Swing with the creatures. Um, they, they attack, they deal damage, then they phase out. Um, which means they're not there at the end of turn to get removed from the game. Um, but then they come back, and then at your next up, untap step, they phase back in because phasing's a weird mechanic. Notably, if they leave play, they'll still be exiled from the unearth stuff, but you now just have them stuck in play, and your opponents have to deal with them. They're not going to go away at your next end step. They're not going away unless they remove them. Um, but if they do remove them, they're going away forever. With this being said, though, it allows you to get back stuff that isn't just ETBs. You can get back Jenga taxes. You can get back... Uh, <coughs> Stuff like Flare of the Hatebound for more for crazy graveyard shenanigans. And it lends itself to become a really unique-ish deck. You run a lot of cards you wouldn't run in other decks, which I like. Um, and yeah, it's just a big reanimator deck, which I like. Uh, and I'm just going to mention a couple card, uh, two more cards here. Uh, Obeka Brute Chronologist in Sundial of the Infinite. I guess I'll also mention Time Stop. These are all effects that let you end the turn. Um, Obeka and Sundi Sundial is only on your turn. Obeka is the player whose turn it is, chooses if it ends, and Time Stop is just a six-mana instant. And these things that end the, end the turn, they skip the actual end step? No. No? <laughs> That's okay. what I thought at thir first. Um, you go to the end step, but what happens is if you're already in the end step and you activate them, the turn immediately ends. It all triggers on the stack go away. Got it. Yep. So you okay. wait You wait for the unearth trigger that says, end step exile them, to enter the stack. And they all enter the stack at the same time, or one after another. So they'll yeah. all be on the stack. They'll, they'll Basically, they'll all be on the stack before one of them resolves. They all enter the stack, you hold priority, activate Sundial. Sundial will resolve before them. Even if your opponents do something, <laughs> your Sundial's activating before them. The turn ends, those effects are exiled from the stack, they no longer happen, they they don't even fizzle, they just cease to happen. And then you get to keep your creatures. Very so, yeah. nice. It's good synergy. A lot of strategy and thinking goes into those kind of plays. And the way you build your creatures in your deck to, to, to use it can be very diverse as well. Like, you can just mm -hmm. build a deck of attack triggers. Uh, or or dealing damage triggers, you know. Surprise, here's a seven, here's my dragon that when it hits you, we're all going to wheel. Yeah. And, or things like that or you just reanimate a creature who has an activated ability you want like make us to the wheel uh, okay i'm going in one way with this unfortunately um but you could get a lot of cool stuff off of that <laughs> no yeah it's i think it's super unique and i think uh i play him as big reanimator mostly getting back big stuff 
uh, because I have other toolbox for you later. But I think what's really cool about Cedrus is when I sit down at the table of Cedrus, my opponents, unless they know me already and have played against it, do not know what kind of shenanigans I'm going to do. They know I'm going to be playing Reanimator. They don't know if I'm going to be reanimating Jenga Taxes. They don't, or Magus of the Wheel over and over again, or Dockside over and over again. It makes for interesting lines of play and thinking before you reveal your hand, which I like. But yeah, um, what's your number two pick? <sighs> okay, this one's <laughs> probably going to get me some hate, but so what? Um, so there's a lot of reasons that this is my one of my favorites. Um, is one of my mono blacks is the last is my top mono black commander. Oh, is no. Skitherix the Blight Dragon? <laughs> <laughs> he is three and two black. For a legendary creature dragon skeleton. 4-4. Flying. Infect. This creature deals damage to creatures in the form of minus one, minus one, and players in the form of poison counters. Now, yes, it's infect as a legendary <laughs> creature. They're in black, there's only him that's a leader of infect. I think only one only one other commander, uh, has something that involves poison and he's kind of new i think he's the one yeah. that says that your death touch creatures deal damage and poison counters um but for the longest time this has been the command zone infect commander and that's not all he does uh for five mana you play him mm -hmm. for one black he gains haste until end of turn for two black you can regenerate him so for six mana, you got a four-four flying haste infect. That's awesome, and I'm probably one of very few people who thinks that. But I love it. Like I'm a big Phyrexian. Like all will be one. Let's fucking go. I, I play Yogma Tribal Poison Counters right now. Um, not not like big spells. It just says, oh, everybody dies. But like actual all the poison creatures, and I just. Poison's been a thing that's been in the game since I started, and it's just, I really like it. It's a fun, in my head, way to try and get a different way to kill people, and it definitely causes conversations with people, and it's always a challenge for me, no matter how good I build the deck, because it is instantly 3v1. It doesn't matter if I have a bad hand or not, or if I'm the low-hanging fruit. I'm going to get everyone stopping or trying to stop everything I do. Because nobody wants to be the person that gets dunked first. Yeah, I I actually don't mind Skitherix. Um, and I think the reason I don't mind him is he's five mana. He's really six mana, right? You're playing him with haste most of the oh, time. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so he's six mana, flying, in fact, haste, four, four. One attack with double strike won't kill you. Unless, obviously, they've played stuff beforehand. You know you need to play around him coming down, especially if you already have two, if you already have infect counters on you. Um, and I mean, like, I... Infect's not great in Commander. Asterix. Um, the reason for that being... Combat infect is hard in Commander. Yeah. The, Besides the Blightsteel. The good infect stuff in Commander is Blightsteel, um... And then Icarats plus Proliferate. Like, Infect in Commander 
is only really good when you're spreading it to everybody at the same time or outright doing the full 10 to somebody. Uh, it's like maybe Skithrix gets you one person down, but most of the time I think he honestly doesn't end up winning the game. I think he makes people play around him. He makes people... He puts the he puts the fire underneath you. You need to be playing smart. You need to be thinking about him all the time. Um, I think, in fact, it's a bad rapping commander. I mean, like... <laughs> I've, it does. When, when he said this, I looked up infect creatures, right? They're garbage. <laughs> They're just bad. <laughs> I mean, like... Acre Rats is really good. ETB, each player gets a poison counter. That's, like, the best one it, that I think I can think of uh, in Commander. Because uh, it allows you to start spreading it. But uh, how much uh, how much proliferate do you run in the deck? Uh, normally with a Skitherix? Yeah. None. None. No, normally I'm running, like, equipment to make him big enough to be... to, to If I hit you, you die. You know? <coughs> yeah. Like Lash Rife or things like that. You know, just, yeah, fuck around and find out, basically. It's like, surprise, here I am. And, you know. I mean, at and, that point, you're doing 10 instead of 21. <laughs> usually, yeah. Because he's your commander. Like, I think Skithrix gets a bad rap, I think. Atraxa and Yawgmoth are much grosser infect commanders. In all Absolutely. Honesty. Yeah. Atraxa especially. <laughs> because, ugh, four colors. So, yeah. many, so much. So but many yeah. options. And <coughs> and black is really, <coughs> as Sorry. bad as it sounds, it's one of the worst colors for infect creatures. Yeah. Because blue has spell proliferate on an enchantment and you just cast something and you proliferate and it's it's strong as fuck yeah if, you, if you're looking to play in fact I think I think you run black and it again this is gonna sound like me rambling literally only for Icarats that you play proliferate stuff with blue and green and Yawgmoth and Yawgmoth yeah, yeah. Uh, that's about it <laughs> Yeah, I think Infect is overhated in Commander. I think this is a good example of how it's not as good as people say it is. Not Especially as as with the way the design. game has evolved. Yeah. And the game has reached a point where it's too fast for Skitherix. Mm-hmm. In most cases. Yeah. But it's still, it's classic for me. Um, it, it's another one of those causes conversations at the table. It's like, who are you going after? I might let it resolve. Um, you know, it causes deals to be made. It's like, I'll let you... I won't kill it if you don't attack me. And things like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, having a card in play that can kill one person at a time is not bad for you as long as you're not that one person. Right? <laughs> and that's where the conversations start. Yeah. How do you become not that person? Because... <laughs> Earlier in this episode, I said, you're sitting down and there's three opponents there. But <coughs> each of that, those opponents are each other's opponents. So if I'm playing with Josh and I can get Josh to kill somebody else for me, that is me not having to use resources to remove a third of my problem. Yep. Yeah. 
but yeah. So just... it's really don't hate out your infect players. Be their friends. Be prepared to hate them out. If <laughs> wait until they declare attackers. That is a hundred percent not what I said. Um, be <laughs> friends with infect players. Be, be friends with infect players. Just just don't even worry. Actually, tap out. Just tap out. <laughs> don't even worry about yeah. it. What's the worst that could happen? Just just remember, you were planning on killing them from the game start, so the fact that they're playing infect doesn't change anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but do you want to move to our number ones? Let's fucking go! We may not even get to our other stuff today because we've had too much fun with this top ten. Yeah, it turns out uh, twenty cards in total to talk about that we both really like is a lot of is a lot of uh, talking. Yeah, yeah. I guess we should have we should have probably. You know what? That's all right. We, we have what we just record stuff next week. It's okay. It's not like we're missing yeah, anything. Exactly. It just means we'll have more spoilers to go over. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I already mentioned mine. Uh. Because you guessed it so eloquently. You're damn skippy. I was thinking that was it from before we even started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think in our first episode when we went over our pet cards, I even said it was my favorite card in the. It's my favorite card in the game. It's not even my favorite commander. Um, and it's Balfour, the Defiled. Um, he's uh, two black black for a 2-2. Two, two. All minions get plus one plus one. Uh, so yes, buffs the chainer. All right. <laughs> buffs both the chainers, actually. Let's... Yeah! <laughs> um, and then you play triple black. <laughs> Move Balfour, the Defiled, from the game. Each player returns each player returns all black and red creature cards from his or her graveyard in uh, to play, uh, not into play under your control. So if your opponents are playing black stuff, they're getting it back. If you're playing, if they're playing red stuff, they're getting it back. Um, your triggers resolve last. Your ETBs. Um, it'll go the person who went before you's triggers, then the person who went before them, then the person who went before them, and assuming it's a four-player pod, then you for resolving ETB triggers. Um, so yeah, Balthor, he's just good. <laughs> I like, I don't, you fill, you just fill your graveyard, you activate him, you send him back to the command zone instead of exiling him, um, and then you just keep doing it, you know? Like I said before, if you have Phyrexian Altar and Ashnod's Altar, you can sacrifice the creatures to activate his abilities again, uh, and loop it if that's how you want to win. If that's not how you win, you can just activate him, get a huge board in play, have a bunch of ETBs go off, win off of that, and then have the have a sacrifice outlet in case somebody tries to wipe tries to exile your board, sacrifice them, do it again on your next turn. It's a it's a resilient deck. It uh unlike other decks where they need to run creature removal, they need to be running specifically graveyard removal to stop you which is a lot less common. Even if they have it in their deck, they might not have it all the time. You'll always have... And if they have it and they use it, you can refill your graveyard up and do it again. All in all, it's just a deck where they can't ever keep you down. <laughs> because if and they I, keep you down, they're keeping themselves down. Exactly. Because they could be getting stuff back too. Yeah. It, like, black-red, like... Most some, most of the time you're going to be in a pod where at least two other people are playing black or red. Yeah, especially with the popularity of cards like Dockside. Yeah. And Tutors. 
<laughs> people like tutors. Who knew? Um, <laughs> Turns out people like tutors. Um, so there's definitely a card that Balthor always makes me think of. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, oh, you play Balthor, but you don't have enough man to activate him for whatever reason. And then they kill him, and you're like, you know what? I'll let him go to my graveyard. And then they give you the look. And you're like, I play Necrotic Ooze. <laughs> yeah. Because Necrotic Ooze has all the activated abilities of all cards in your graveyard. Oh, look. I uh, used Balthor's ability from the Necrotic Ooze to bring Balthor into play. I heard you liked uh, Reanimator, bro. So I put a Reanimator in your Reanimator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sadly, Exile, so you can't loop it infinitely, but it's pretty close. Hey, it's about sending a message. It's, I mean, an extra activation of Balthor is super good. Um, Especially when they think they've stopped it. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they're like, ah, it's finally over. Mm -mm. Round two. Tag oh. me in, coach. But I always like making them think, wait, why did he let his commander go to the grave? Yeah. I love That's... those situations where they're just like, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, at the end of the day, this deck's... I'd have more to say about it if I haven't mentioned so all the other, other reanimators. Reanimator commanders. <laughs> but yeah, I think it it just kind of covered. The reason I like reanimator is because you always have hope in a game. They wipe your board, no problem. Their board's wiped too. You know you can get yours back later. They kill your key creature. Yeah, I'll just get it back later. It's it becomes a situation where you keep. The thing that, I guess what I'm trying to say is, what's interesting to Reanimator about me is that you never have that feeling of you're stuck. Like, if they have a bunch of, like, Grafter's Cage, Reanimator, hate, Graveyard Hate stuff in play, just cast the creatures from hands and kill them, dude. Player removal's the best form of removal. Like It's true. There's always that sense of hope that you can get out of it, like... If I kill this guy with the stuff preventing me from reanimating my graveyard, I can then reanimate my graveyard and bring it back. If I can make a deal with the green player to remove those enchantments or artifacts, I can maybe have a chance at winning the game. It is... I think that's part of the feels battle of Commander, is when you feel like you can't do anything. I think that's what I kind of disliked when I first started playing the game and drew me to reanimators, that I was, found myself very rarely in that situation. But yeah, uh, what's your number one commander? Do you want to try to guess it? Oh, hmm. Here, hold on. I think it's not Yogmoth. I I doubt it's Yogmoth. But before we went into this list, I thought it was going to be Toshiro. But uh, hmm. Now, a lot of my list is, is not just cards I like to play, but cards I like to see in play as well. See but this one play. is definitely as a commander. Is it is it Gaunti? Uh, no, no. I love my Gaunti deck, but there's better things for Gaunti. That's why number, number 10 was uh, Mind Flayer. The flail. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, I guess... Hmm. I don't really know. You, you have a lot of decks, and you treat them all very equally. So, um, <coughs> the last tip I'll give is, uh, do you remember my honorable mention? Do I remember your honorable mention? 
Oh, I should have. Oh, gosh. Oh, that was so long ago. <laughs> it was almost an hour and a half, yeah. Um, gosh, or two. Now, now I feel bad. Uh, no, well, it's fine. Who, who was your honorable mention? Saison. Saison. Oh, that's right. I thought he was your first pick for some reason. So, mm-hmm. say, is it is it your popper commander? No, 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 no. That's Shirei. Oh. Um, who is he's it? He's fun. It, it's Nekusar the Mind Razor. Oh. <laughs> oh, I feel dumb. Yeah, I guess I was stuck on the. It's definitely got to be a mono black commander trait of thought. I also said Skithrix was my top mono black. Oh, you did. I should have. Yeah, that's why I'm so bad at D&D. I never pick up on the hints. <laughs> <laughs> so Nekusar the Mind Razor. Two. Blue, black, red. Legendary creature, zombie wizard. Two, four. At the beginning of each player's draw step, they draw an additional card. Cool. Howling mine. Sweet. Whenever an opponent draws a card, Nekusar the Mind Razor deals one damage to that player. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Uh... And like I used, to, I've played this guy in so many different ways. I've, I just, I like having the effect on the field. It's like, yeah, I'm helping you, but you're gonna pay for that help, you know? Yeah. And that's why I like Saison, and it's been called my mono black Nekusar, because of how I built the deck. I don't play, uh, I don't play any wheel effects in the Saison or discard or anything. I'm just strictly trying to push as much draw into their hand as possible and punish them for having lots of cards in their hand with like black vice viceling um the uh price of knowledge and and teferi's puzzle box and and mm, 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 mm. the everyone's most the most powerful effect in magic that you can use in a deck is card draw yeah. or something that gives you hand advantage like card draw tutors you know uh getting more things into play than you should have by then like, you start with seven cards, you draw one card a turn. If on turn five, if you have more than 12 cards com- from your hand and in play and graveyard total, that's hand- that's advantage. You've got- done more than other people, or yeah. you're- you should have. And Nekusar pushes that envelope and just says, we're all getting advantage, but I'm the only one who's not paying for it. Yeah. He's... Also, his flavor text is really fucking awesome because it's how my mind works. Because the quote is, his enemies wondered if the Lich, King, Lich King's brutal death and unnatural rebirth had been his plan all along. Plans within plans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just a classic commander. Like, I, I mean, just like Animar, I mean, when I think of, like, OG commander, I think Nekuzar, I think Animar, I think Kalia. And he's really, like, I think he got a lot of hate a while ago. Um, but I think at the, end of the, at the end of the day now, if you're losing to Nekuzar, right, it means he's wheeling you and you're drawing a lot of cards, which means you should be in a position to where you've drawn into a way to kill Nekuzar. You should be. Yeah. Like, even if he goes to wheel you, you, should, you can cast your spells in response. I think... Uh, I, I just think he's really interesting because for him to win, he needs to make you draw more cards, which puts you in a position to make him not win. And and Nekusar is literally 
a combination of two cards. He is Howling Mine, and he is Underworld Dreams. Yep. And so, like, my <laughs> Nekusar and my Saison, like, even... There's a lot more options when I was playing Nekusar, but in Saison, I fill my deck with Howling Mine effects and Underworld Dreams effects. Like, I make find ways to make you draw more cards, myself included, and mm -hmm. I find ways to deal damage to everybody for drawing cards. Sometimes myself included. <laughs> yeah, man, you should really pick up a Hall Breacher for this deck, by the way. Uh, when I rebuilt Nekusar? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you a... jerk, because you knew I pulled the oil one out of the box, and I'm like, eh, blue card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had to stick it... <laughs> I'm so happy that card's banned. <laughs> the recent bannings for Commander has been, like, my favorite thing. <laughs> It's yeah. like Golos is gone, Hall Breacher's gone. Oh, get him out yeah, of he's here. He's basically giving me shit because I bought a box of Commander Legends. And I was really excited. Yeah. And like my first pack was a foil Hall Breacher. And I was like, oh, wait, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. I think you still made money off that box, though. I think I did all right. I'm, I'm happy with the cards. Like, yeah. I definitely... I, I really liked getting... Um, my scroll rack, which is in my nosh, you know, <coughs> lots of shenanigans there. Like, no, uh, Nekusar is definitely, he's fun. Yeah. And he's another one of those conversation pieces. Like, somebody's going to be at the table, it's like, I don't care about the life loss, I like drawing cards. And then somebody else will be like, no, I need to kill him. And because they're about to try and draw lots of cards. And so other people might protect Nekusar just to stop the other person from chaining off and drawing cards with, well, I don't know, it, Nib Visit. Yeah. He's... Like, I think a lot of our commanders, and what boils down is, they're commanders that change the way the game is played. Um, and, like, even when we were talking about uh, Bushido, it's, like, I think something that we kind of share when it comes to commanders, the thought process that, like, uh, we like it when people have to think around what's going on instead of, like, when the most optimal line of play isn't really off the there. Anymore. Yeah. It's like, you have to think about whether or not the most optimal line of play really is, because maybe we're, uh, maybe we're bluffing, maybe we are creating a situation where if you do what's good for you, like, drawing a bunch of cards, uh, it's not gonna be anymore. It's like, you have to do cost analysis of what's, of your uh, own effects. I like taking people out of their comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. Making them not just learn how to play their deck, but learn how to play their deck in situations where it's not advantageous anymore. And yeah. Yeah. Like, the goad creatures from earlier that I was mentioning, like, yeah, big stompy decks, except you can't kill me. Like, <laughs> but they always want to kill everybody, usually. And so they're like, well, fuck, if I do that, I'm tapped out, and he can run, you know? Yeah, because we're not, like, Nekuzar isn't stopping you from drawing cards. It is putting a cost on it. Uh, Carter Doomstor Doomscourge isn't stopping you from pr playing creature-based decks. It's making it so, if you do, you have to play around uh, being forced to attack with them. It's like, these aren't things that are, like, stopping you from playing the game how you want to do them, but it's making you think about playing the game, making you reconsider, making you think, 
maybe it's not the best bet for me to put this into play. Right. Making yeah. you reevaluate the situation. Mm -hmm. um, figure out new ways to do the same thing you've been doing. Like, is it really, do I want to do the same thing over <laughs> and over? Is it really worth it in this situation? Yeah. <clears throat> and that's one of my favorite things. One of the reasons I love playing commanders because I don't get to, it's not 1v1 where I'm just like, okay, my whole plan is to kill you. No, in Commander, my whole plan is just to mess with people. <laughs> Being honest, it's like, I yeah. got three opponents, and I want to see how I can manipulate the situation to my advantage, or for my entertainment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even if I die, which is a lot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's why Nekasari, I like him, because it escalates the game. And it also hinders it at the same time. So if you if you've gotten a deck that can adapt the situation, fucking a, let's go. You know, if mm -hmm. if you're having issues adapting to, you know, having to pay an extra cost for your deck, <coughs> maybe you can take a second look at that and work on making your deck more flexible or something or your playstyle. You know, it it causes player growth substantially. Uh, additionally, the deck loses to uh, Obstinate Familiar, which is really funny. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a pet card of a close friend of mine. Um, it's this stupid little one red one one. Um, and it says, whenever you would draw a card, you cannot. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, there's that. Um. <laughs> so, if you really dislike Nekuzar, maybe run... The stupid little uh, lizard man. It was also really funny to drop Nekusar on somebody who had just played a Notion Thief. Oh. And then and then wheel and watch them die for being a, <coughs> for being a jerk. Yeah. Again, it's like Notion Thief is usually a good play in response to a wheel. Well, not usually. Almost <laughs> all the time. The only mm -hmm. almost being against uh, Nekusar. <laughs> But yeah, um, how much are we at right now? Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> We've been rolling, bro. <laughs> yeah, so I guess uh, next Good episode, epi for sure. Yeah, that was a good episode. I think uh, next time we plan on talking about spoilers, there's been a couple stuff revealed, and uh, hopes for Baldur's Gate. And probably Katana, too. You know. Yeah, hopes for Baldur's Gate. Whatever we have time for, because we have a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, right. yeah. You had an idea? No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll say it after we stop recording. It's just I need to check uh, scheduling for something. Okay, cool. All right, well, uh, that's it for this week, and next week we'll talk probably about uh, what happened in, like, the CDH tournaments that happened this weekend, because there was a bunch of them, and, and Capenna, and, and Baldur's Gate, and stuff. Oh, yeah, next next month's theme is Popper. We'll talk about that, too. Yeah. So yeah, hit us up, uh, Twitter, uh, RSS, um, you can find all of our link, I think we have the link tree on our RSS, right? Yeah, it's all there, uh, yep. L-A-N-K-R dot, uh, L-A-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash L-O-T-E-C. Yep, uh, you can find us everywhere there, um, and especially our Discord, we'd love to hear from you, uh, if you have any thoughts, if you have any disagreements, you know, I, I'd love to hear it, I, uh, 
I think what's really good about commanders in general is that uh, there's such a diverse uh, mindset of like what is or isn't okay, what is or isn't fair, and what is or isn't uh, uh, part of the game, really. So I think, uh, or should be part of the game. So I think, you know, maybe if you want to fight me and Josh on our infect opinions, because we're two dirty Phyrexian sympathizers, then, uh, <laughs> you know, go right ahead. Yeah, uh, we, bring we'd it. love to hear from you. We're, we're, we're totally okay with having some discourse on our Discord. <laughs> yeah, but uh, thank you for listening. I, I know this is a long one. Yeah, take it easy, folks. Yeah, see ya. See you next game. Thank you.